0: Hey friends, welcome to episode number 26 of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. Today's episode is really special because I am going to be taking you behind the scenes of one of the elements within the Outlaw Journal, and this is the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw. Being an entrepreneurial outlaw is a journey. It's it's a never-ending journey, much like doing mindset work or You know, working on our own personal growth. You never arrive at the destination. It is an ongoing journey. There is always work to be done. Because as humans, we evolve. As humans who are are in the online space, as humans who run businesses and are probably doing that self-development work, you will continue to evolve. You will discover new things about yourself. And as you do that, your business will shift and change. It's very natural for that to happen. The idea that we choose this like one industry niche or product and that's it for the rest of our lives. It's not necessarily true. Even Apple make a new iPhone every single year. So today's episode, I'm going to be taking you behind the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw. These six attributes are the six things that I have practiced and honed and discovered over time as I've been on this outlaw journey. And the thing about being an entrepreneurial outlaw or stepping into your outlaw mindset is that it isn't prescriptive. Stepping into your own outlaw mindset, becoming an entrepreneurial outlaw yourself, it requires work and practice and commitment. And this work can be done collectively, like right here on this podcast on social media. We do that work collectively. We have these conversations together, but you also have to be willing to do the work on an individual level. You have to be willing to step back and look at your own business. And this is how the anatomy kind of fits in because a lot of the work that we do as individuals comes down to these six attributes. It comes down to these six ways of working Now, because being an outlaw isn't prescriptive, you may find that some of these don't quite fit with your own business or don't quite fit with how you would describe that area of your personal professional life. That is fine. And you'll find in the outlaw journal that there will be space for you to really write down your own attributes as well. And you can have the same as me. You can also have completely different attributes and that's okay. But We have to be willing to do that individual work and because it requires work and practice and commitment, it is a regular practice of listening to your own intuition and recognizing that slow growth is still growth. It's a commitment that your vision and your values are more important than fitting in or creating the illusion of success within your business. That is something that I have done in the past. I have felt like such a failure in my business. I have felt like I was not making money. I wasn't successful. I didn't have the clients. I felt so overwhelmed every single day by something that I had been promised freedom and this incredible expansive growth. I wasn't feeling that way. So what I did was faked it. I pretended I put on a show, I put on a face, a version of myself that wasn't real. And I did that because what I was seeing and being told was that everyone's succeeding. No one is struggling. But that isn't real. And so it is about that commitment to your own vision and your own values. And remembering that your version of success gets to be unconditional. So in today's episode, we are going to look at the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw. I'm going to discuss what it means to really be an outlaw. What does it feel like personally and professionally? And how does this truly impact your business? I feel like this conversation is something we should have had a long time ago. And if you haven't heard the kind of origin story of entrepreneurial outlaws, you can go back to episode one and make sure you listen to that story because I really tell you, and share with you all about the country music outlaw movement, which is really where my own journey started and is deeply rooted. But today we're gonna have this conversation about what it means to be an outlaw, an entrepreneurial outlaw. And hopefully you will start to see how it can feel really uncomfortable, but at the same time it can have really positive and impactful effects on your business. So get comfortable. And we will jump in to the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. We're here to meet you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry so that we can create our own versions of success and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller and outlaw mentor with a nose for the bullshit. I'm I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions, because overthinking is a feminist issue. The antidote, your intuition. So get ready as each week we have the messy, honest and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business on your own terms. The highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Okay, so before I go through these 6 attributes, the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw, I want to just talk a little bit about what does it mean to be an entrepreneurial outlaw? Like what does that actually mean? What does it actually look like? And so I feel like one of the best quotes or phrases that kind of, and I don't, I didn't come up with this. I heard this many years ago back when I worked in corporate. Um, and I just, I've always held on to it. It was so applicable when I worked in my corporate job. And I, whilst I've definitely, <laughs> I, I've definitely lost that connection sometimes. It's always been there. And so the quote is: it's about doing what is right, not what is easy. And I don't know, I didn't make that up. I don't know where it came from. I can't quote them, but to me, that is what it means to be a modern-day entrepreneurial outlaw. Right? You know, as I said back in episode one, I introduced you to the outlaw country movement. And that was that was a create a creative movement. It was a movement about freedom of creativity, about creative integrity, being able to create the music they wanted to create, that they didn't have to be dressed in sequins and always wearing a Stetson. They didn't have to look like everyone else that was coming before them because at that time in country music, it was a lot of sequins and a lot of sparkles (laughs) and that was not them. And this is when we look at being an entrepreneur outlaw and being a modern day entrepreneur outlaw, this is about challenging what we've been told is normal. What we've been told is best practice or anything where we're told that this is the solution, the secret, the only way. And there are still a whole heap of businesses who will market in that way. This is still the majority, right? We are not the majority, (laughs) Right, we are not the majority, and whilst I understand that some of these practices are rooted in data, they are rooted in information and results big, big monetary results it doesn't mean it's the only way, and it doesn't mean it has to be our way or your way. So, when we talk about being an entrepreneur outlaw, you know, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur outlaw? It's really about challenging what we've been told, challenging the path that you've maybe been on, challenging what you've maybe been told in courses or programs or by even by coaches. And of course, you get to take what you want from this episode and leave the rest. You get to decide whether you've actually had a really great experience with business coaches and you actually really have seen a lot of results and you value. There are coaches out there who do a great job. But if you have had an experience where your investment has been less than, or you have felt like you've spent all this money and it's just not met the standards that were kind of shown on that sales page, first of all, I'm sorry. And it's shitty. And I'm sorry that happened to you. And, you know, please know you're not alone. Because I know that when I felt this way, I felt like I was the only one. I felt like I was the only person who was experiencing this because no one was talking about it. And this is one of the great things about having these conversations and highlighting it is that we're bringing it to the forefront. So when we talk about entrepreneurial outlaws, you know, this isn't just about your professional life. This is also about your personal life. Because we know that personal and professional, when you're running your own business, they are closely link. They don't work in isolation. They work together. Especially if you work from home, which you probably do. You know, you are working from home. And I, you know, personally, I don't have the answer to how to leave your, your job when you close your laptop. I don't do that. I've never done that. It doesn't happen for me. And at the same time, I feel like I have a, a good kind of harmonious relationship. You know, yes, I might grab my phone because I've suddenly had this amazing idea for a piece of content and I wanna put it somewhere. But I feel like having those kinds of tools so that once I've I've let go of it, it's okay. Um, that allows me to kind of come back to maybe mom duty or whatever I'm doing at the time. But entrepreneurship is not just your professional life. It's it's also personal. If you, Whether you're a personal brand, a solopreneur, you have a team, you are still a part of this. And being an entrepreneurial outlaw, it feels scary and audacious. It feels rebellious. It is rebellious. But it also feels like home, right? Um, It feels like sometimes and oftentimes you don't know what's next, but you're not lost, right? You're not lost. You you know that wherever you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be, even if you don't know what it looks like next, even if you're not sure of the next move. And that happens frequently. It happens to me a lot. I don't always know what the next move is. And personally, I have to surrender some of that control and stop looking at how am I going to achieve this and have more faith and belief in myself that it will happen because that's something I definitely battle with. And this impacts your business in really positive ways. It doesn't eliminate, being an entrepreneurial outlaw does not eliminate fear. It doesn't eliminate anxiety. It doesn't eliminate struggle. It just means that when you're struggling or afraid or feeling anxious about your business or about these things, these decisions that you need to make, they are not rooted in your own marketing. What I mean by that, let me come at that in a different way. When we feel insert any kind of feeling or we feel a certain way about our business, when we are following this the status, when we are um, doing all these unethical strategies or following these marketing rules, when we are not doing (laughs) what is right, but we are doing what has been told to us, what we have been taught, and we're doing it blindly and we're following blindly because we don't believe that we know the right way for ourselves or because this person has had seven figure success every single time they launch we must be able to get that too when we do that and then we feel crappy and we feel anxious or we feel scared the difference is as an outlaw because you have set this certain threshold for yourself this kind of level of bullshit and you are able to identify what you want and need your feelings are not rooted in, I'm not doing the right thing for me. So therefore you can already eliminate, okay, I feel a certain kind of way right now, but it's not because I'm going against my values. It's not because I'm choosing to market my business in a way that is unethical. So I hope that makes sense. So this impacts your business because it means we're saying what needs to be said. In our industries, in our niches, within our marketing. We are drawing our line in the sand, not for clickbait, not to, you know, be polarizing just for the sake of it, but because we truly believe that this should be done differently or done better. Or because we are genuinely tired of seeing people we work with struggle because of what has come before. When I was thinking about that, I was thinking about my, ex- my time working in the health and fitness industry. And I know we have some health and fitness coaches listening to this show. And if you are in the health and fitness industry and maybe you focus on weight training or you're focusing on kind of more around metabolism and like actual science and not bullshit, <laughs> Um, you know what I mean. (laughs) You know what I mean, because every single day you are being asked questions about calories or whether carbs are bad or whether you should stop eating after 2 p.m. So what I'm talking about here is saying what needs to be said within your industry because it's the right thing to do, because it is doing the right thing and not the easy thing. The easy thing is just to jump on some kind of train that's like moving and everyone's like obsessed with keto or whatever it might be. And you jump on that train because it's sexy and it can make you fast money. That is not an entrepreneurial outlaw. An entrepreneur outlaw is going, cool, but you're going to get off that train at some point and your metabolism is going to be fucked, right? Um, and you're going to struggle. It's It's knowing that you have experience with the business industry and knowing that people invest in a maybe a popularized program, but they all come out of it with these less than stellar results. And they come out of it with less money, but also less clarity. And they have more questions. And now they feel frustrated because now they don't have the finances to invest in something that will actually help them make the next move. Or they don't know how to identify what their first move should be. So, across industries, across niches, we see this happening. But we know that we must say what needs to be said. Sometimes that's going to mean being the unpopular voice, right? Sometimes we're going to say the thing that we know people need, but they don't want. They don't want to hear it. We've all had that experience. And it probably means slow growth or slower growth. And that's my personal experience. It means slower growth. But when you keep doing you, when you keep being tenacious and persistent, you will get the results that you want, not the results of someone else. And that's really important. Because as I said back at the beginning of this, your version of success gets to be unconditional, right? Your version of success gets to be unconditional. So you get to decide what your version of success looks like. What do you want your business to do for you personally and professionally? That looks different for all of us because we live different lives. We're not all living the exact same life. We're not all running the exact same business. So let's have a little look at the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw. And as I said, there are these six attributes that I have created, that I have not created, I've come up with that are related to the entrepreneurial outdoor journey. You may be already doing some of these things. You may be working on some of these right now. There are certain ones that I come back to and I have to kind of polish up and keep trying it because they're not always easy for me, right? Sometimes things are simple but they're not always easy. So let's go through these six attributes. So the first one is A visionary mind full of big, ambitious and ideas. (sighs) Being a visionary and an ideas person is both a blessing (laughs) and exhausting, right? It's this thing where you have these big dreams, these big ideas. You have a lot of ambition. You're probably hardworking. Perfectionism is probably playing a part in that. But you... You know what you, you you want for your business. You know what you want for your industry and your niche, and there this has incredible benefits for us, right? Um, I talked about last week the idea that I had this kind of wish list of people who I wanted to hire. Well, that came from that vision within my business of these things that I know I don't do well, and I know people who do them way better than I can. That's part of that visionary role, but it can also It can also be um, hard to kind of wrangle those ideas, right? It can sometimes be hard to wrangle those ideas and look at which one to do first. Which one should I work on? It also means sometimes you're going to start working on something and then change your mind. You're going to be like, oh, this isn't quite what I wanted to do. But the visionary mind is powerful, And most CEOs of businesses are visionaries. We are driven by ideas. That inspiration comes in all forms. And it's really important that we understand as individuals where our inspiration comes from. Next week, I'm going to do a whole episode on storytelling and big visionary ideas. Because something I've been really leaning into just recently is how songwriters, you know, I'm talking about not singer songwriters, but songwriters, Um, particularly in Nashville, of course, they write incredible songs. And sometimes that process, it just like, it clicks, it flows, it comes to them. It's not always going to be that way. And they will write a series of songs and an artist will cut a series of songs for an album they don't come up with brand new content every five minutes and neither do we, you know. So when we have these big visionary ideas and we are stepping into that role as a thought leader within our industry, it's okay if you repeat yourself just because you are a visionary, just because you have ideas, just because you're a thought leader does not mean that you're going to come up with something brand new every five minutes, one of the people i think of as i'm saying this is is gary v because he is someone who has these like little quips right these like one liners these things that he says that can really like hit you the things that you know often you're like oh i so need to hear that right whether you love him or hate him he, this is how he has developed part of his brand this is part of him the personal brand and what's really fascinating is you will see these one-liners played over and over again you might not see them for three months maybe six months but somewhere on the internet they are cropping up because the power of repurposing the power of saying something more than once is really important right this is what it means to be an entrepreneur outlaw understanding that you can have all of the ideas but it doesn't mean you have to share every single one it doesn't mean you have to execute everything and when you have ideas that are really driven by ambition and vision, right, you can come back to those ideas and you can share them over and over again. The second attribute is a squeaky clean bullshit lens. I know so many of you love that phrase and I think it's so important because a squeaky squeaky queen, a squeaky clean bullshit lens is there to help you identify what you want and what you need, right? I think about this in a number of ways. The first one is being able to identify what you need and what you want from your business, right? This comes back to your version of success. What do you want and what do you need? But also it helps you to identify When you are being a consumer rather than a content creator and looking at maybe making an investment, whether it's a program or a coach, or you want to learn something new, you are able to filter through all of those things much faster. You are able to make relationships or you're able to build relationships, let's say, with those people and you're able to decide whether this is someone that you want to follow Is it someone you want to invest in? Is it somebody you want to invite to collaborate with you? Your squeaky clean bullshit lens is both about you and about others. It's also about you making sure that, you know, when you do collaborate or when you do um, work with someone else, that you bring them into your business. Well, that means you're now putting that person in front of your audience. And it's really important that we're able to do that, that homework, that pre-work before we make those kinds of decisions. But by practicing this individual work of being an entrepreneur or outlaw, you're able to identify these things quicker. You're also able to kind of put your blinders up and be like, yep, no. Like, you know what you're looking for. You're able to come back to you kind of your own policy around this. Of These are the people I will work with and these are the people that I won't work with. And you won't feel guilty about it either, which is really important. The third attribute is... Asking questions and getting curious. Curiosity is a value of mine. It's a value of this podcast, of this brand. And the reason being is because curiosity is something that I don't think we value enough. It's something that we do as children, right? We ask a lot of questions, sometimes to the point that our parents get really pissed off with us. My kid, he asks questions, he wants to know why. And yes, it's frustrating, but at the same time I'm like, yes, keep asking questions. Be curious. You want to understand how things work and why does this happen in this way? And this is the same for us as adults. We stop asking questions. We stop getting curious because we are told that it looks a certain way because we're told, well no, this is the way you do this, right? We're told from a young age, work hard and you will succeed. We know now That isn't always the way it works, especially in entrepreneurship. So we get to ask questions and get curious, right? We get to use that and leverage that within our businesses. And again, by asking questions, and I would really say, when you are looking to invest with a human being, whether they're a coach or they're offering a program, whatever, they always have, we all do it, right? We have this thing where like, ask a question, just send me an email, DM. How many times do we not do it? right? How many times do we not do it? Because we're like, oh, they don't really care. Ask the question. Ask the question. Send the message. Send the email. Reply. Hit reply. Whatever it is. Ask the questions. Be curious. Even if they've maybe detailed it on the sales page, but you're just like, okay, I want to know. Ask the question. Because their answer, their response or, lack of is going to tell you a lot. It's going to help you to make better decisions within your business and faster decisions, right? Because you've got that squeaky clean bullshit lens and you're asking the right questions. You're asking the questions that are going to help you identify what you want to need, right? You're going to get to those places faster. You're going to make those decisions faster. The fourth attribute is a creative and passionate heart. As entrepreneurs, we are creatives doesn't mean taking a paintbrush to a piece of canvas, but you are a creative, right? You are creative and you have a passionate heart for what you do in this world, for what you want to create. We know this because you wouldn't be doing it. And for so many people who did decide to, if that is your story, to leave, you know, a guaranteed paycheck or decided that they weren't going to go back in To corporate, but they were going to create their own business. For whatever reason you decided to do that, being an entrepreneur takes a lot of passion, takes a lot of persistence, also takes a lot of creativity. It takes a lot of willingness to lean into your strengths and learn how to develop and refine your weaknesses until you're at the point where you can hire and say, okay, take this off my plate because this is not something I'm great at and this is clearly your... Quote zone of genius. But a creative and passionate heart allows you to see the bigger picture and allows you to play with what it could look like. It allows you to get back to asking those questions, ask yourself those questions, be curious with yourself. What could this look like? How could I make money from this? Does it have to look a certain way? Typically, the answer is no. But you get to decide that. The fifth attribute is. A stomach for trusting your intuition, right? I hate the word gut, so I'm not going to use that. But (laughs) you could replace stomach with gut. But it's, let's go belly. Belly's a nice word. A belly for trusting your intuition, right? Intuition comes from within. Intuition comes from within. It is a practice and it is only an individual practice. You can't collectively practice. I can help you with tools and resources, but I can't help you practice. I can ask you questions. I can help you to be curious, but tapping into your intuition that is an individual piece of work and it is something you would practice on a regular basis. I shared with you last week that for me I practice my intuition on a regular basis and there are times when she does not want to be found. <laughs> or there are times when I'm forcing her on my own agenda, my own to-do list. Like come on, I need results, I need answers. She doesn't care about that. And I'm saying she, because my intuition, I just kind of, she's female. But your intuition can be whoever you want. And for me, having that trust and that intuition within me, it allows me to feel less stuck. It allows me to feel less like I'm spinning my wheels when I feel like something isn't going to plan, or something isn't going my way, or maybe I'm like, I wanna see results faster. Well, at the end of the day, what I know I can come back to is my intuition and I can ask myself those questions. I can be curious and I can say, Well, what am I learning from this experience? And what is this feeling of stuckness actually teaching me? Having that trust in your intuition allows you to. Also remember, you always have something you can come back to that's yours, that you don't have to ask someone else, right? Because we do this. We, we want to ask, um, somebody said the phrase the other day, the peanut gallery. I, that's not an English thing to say. So, but um, yeah, asking the peanut gallery, asking everyone else but other than coming to us. Like we ask everyone else for their opinion because we want validation or we want somebody to give us this like perfect solution. The perfect solution always comes from ourselves, right? When it comes to when to do something in our business or whether we're ready or how much we should price something for, that comes from yourself. It comes from your own intuition. And the final attribute is an anchor, right? We often see this as your why, but I want to talk about it as an anchor, an anchor that is grounded in your values, an anchor that is grounded in your beliefs an anchor that is grounded in your bigger vision, right? This is your anchor, right? Imagine it just like runs as like a a thread right from like your crown, right through your body and goes into the ground. This is the thing that keeps you on the right path. It's the thing that allows you to build that self-awareness and say, oh, hang on a minute. I think I'm at this threshold where I'm, you know, my perfection is taking over or it allows you to notice when you are not voicing your opinion or when you are not standing up for yourself or your industry or your niche or a team member or a colleague or whoever within your business. This anchor, these grounded values, these beliefs are the thing that help you to identify your own policy within this, right, your own kind of business policy. Yes, I'm working with this type of person. These are the kinds of people I'm not working with. These are the kinds of collaborations I'm willing to have. These are the kind of conversations I want to have. We have to make that, we have to make that a integrated part of our business. We have to integrate not just our why, because our why is very personal and that's great, But at this point, I feel like we've all heard this a thousand times and we know this is about you deciding these are my values, and my beliefs, and then this is how I anchor myself into those every single day within my business. This is how I make those commitments to myself and to my audience, to my clients, to my peers. Because saying it isn't enough anymore. Writing it down in a notebook and then never looking at it again, that's not going to do anything and it's not enough. We have to decide what our own attributes are. We have to decide what our own anchor is. What are those values? What are those beliefs? And then we have to use that within our business. We have to commit to those things. And some of them do not need to be plastered all over the internet. But some of them are going to need to be really visible within the work you do, because it's going to be that thing that helps people to understand that this is how you do things. This is how you run your business. Right? So much of online business has got kind of blurred because we didn't we weren't looking at these kind of these entrepreneurs we put on a pedestal. We weren't looking at them through the lens of values or through the lens of belief systems. We were looking at them through the ve- the, the lens of no like and trust, which I did a whole episode on this and it's like, I hate no like and trust. But this idea that somebody could be likable or well, then we should trust them. No, <laughs> no, because likability can be faked. <laughs> Right. Likeability can be faked because someone can say what you want to hear, right? Or what you think you want to hear, and you will go down this avenue of trusting them. But that isn't always the way they run their business. That doesn't mean that their values or that their belief system is the same as yours. And you get to decide. All right, I'm not here to tell you how to run your business or make investments. So you get to decide well, does it matter to me, right? Does it matter to me if I want to invest in someone and their values are not the same as mine? That is for you to decide. For me, yes, it matters. For me, it matters. It matters with my money. If I'm putting my money and I'm going to learn from someone, it is a hugely important decision that their values and their beliefs are at least similar to mine. They're not going to be the same. But if they're at completely other end of the the kind of um, scale, we're not going to gel because that's how I am. And then again, that's personal, right? But you get to decide that. But we need to get away from this kind of the online business being a click or online business being about likability. It's not, right? Relatability, yes, is more important, I think, now than likability, but even that, like, do you have to relate to somebody? maybe to a certain degree, you know, maybe there are things about your business that you want, or maybe certain investments you want to be able to relate to someone else, and that's important to you. And we want to be around people who, you know, have similar beliefs, right? I know that within my business that I work with people and have conversations with people where we can have a conversation about something within our industry, or we can have a conversation about something where we're kind of on the same page, that's important to me. Now, at the same time, at the same time, we have to understand that when we are looking to kind of create our own vision, our own outlaw vision, right? for our own business, when it comes back to values and beliefs, instead of no like and trust, instead of this prescribed way of doing things, we are going to feel more aligned. We are going to feel, more aligned to our actions, like our customer facing actions, you know, how we write our copy, how we show up in our business, how we deliver certain things, right? This is about making those commitments when it comes to your launches, your sales, the way you handle phone calls, the way you handle email, customer service, the way you launch, how you decide to launch. These are things that actually need to come back to personal decisions and not just professional. This is one of the reasons why it's so important that we make decisions based on our own personal goals and our own creativity, and not just that of pleasing our audience, because that is the past. That is what we have been taught, right? That everything is about, sure, we want to have an audience that are aware of what we do, right? They need to be aware of what we do. We want an engaged audience. Yes, of course, great. But at the same time, putting our own health, mental or physical, on the line so that we can have a launch, so that we can make some money. That's not the kind of business that I want to run. And if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that's not the kind of business you want to run either. So as I said, this kind of whole episode, these are the attributes that I've identified, right? A visionary mind full of big and ambitious ideas, a squeaky clean bullshit lens, asking questions and getting curious, a creative and passionate heart, a stomach for trusting your intuition and an anchor that is grounded in values. But you can take those attributes and you can decide what does this mean for you and your business? And I would love for you to come over to our Instagram feed, entrepreneurial underscore outlaws and share with me What did you identify with most? And is there one of these areas that you're really working on right now? I feel like for me, my intuition is something I'm always kind of working with. But I'm also looking at how I can ask better questions. How can I be more curious as my business evolves? This is something I have to definitely work on when I get into this kind of second guessing or I start to feel like I'm going back to old routines or cycles that are no longer working for me so come over to instagram and share with me share with us which one are you working on right now like which element of your own outlaw anatomy are you working on right now which one feels a little bit crunchy and maybe there's an element that i didn't mention that you really have identified as your own anatomy as part of your outlaw mindset Come over and share. And I I mean that. Come over. Ask questions. Be curious. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Okay. Oh, that was... Thank you so much. Like, I, I, you know, I sit down and I record these episodes and I'm like, I just want to thank everyone who listens because it just means so much to me that I get to do this. And it is definitely a get. I get to do this. I never have... I never say I have to do this. So... Thank you for listening in again for episode 26. Thank you for being here. If you want to work on some of these areas a little bit deeper, make sure you go and grab my free outlaw prompts, um, sharing five outlaw prompts, and you can sign up via the link in the show notes. and uh, You will get them sent straight to your inbox. And it's really simple. Um, But these are five prompts I've taken from the upcoming Outlaw Journal that you can work on. So whether you have been resistant to journaling or you are someone who has journaled many times in the past, maybe it's like an everyday part of your everyday practice, I hope that you will find expansiveness and peace within these prompts that they will allow you to explore your own Outlaw journey a little deeper. And ask more questions. These are really designed to help you be more curious and ask those questions really with yourself first. Okay, so on next week's episode, episode 27, we are going to be talking about the business coaching echo chamber. I'm going to be sharing with you my own experiences, some of the areas of business coaching and, and business and entrepreneurship that I see being weaponized as a way to kind of protect coaches and how this comes across in both marketing before we even get involved with these coaches before we even spend money and then what happens within the chamber i'm also going to talk about what happens once you leave because I don't know, 2019, that is when I actually left the business coaching echo chamber. I didn't know that was what I was doing. I just couldn't afford any more investments and I wasn't getting the results that I was promised. And when I left, it was like I suddenly saw everything in a new light. So, next week, we're going to be talking about this because I'm going to be sharing with you both my own experiences, but also what we can be doing differently. Whether you are a business coach or you are looking for coaching, whether you've experienced this or not, these marketing tactics and the way these communities are run, this is still going on. This is Still, really, really happening in the online space. And what we need to do is bring light to it. We need to shine a light on these conversations, on these marketing tactics and tools that have been weaponized against business owners and how we can do better. And as I said, even if you're not a business coach, this conversation is incredibly relevant and important because we as business owners need to be asking more questions. We need to do the individual work as well as the work as a collective. So. I can talk about these conversations every single week and I will continue to do so. I can post on Instagram and we can talk about it there. But we also need to do that individual work behind the scenes with our own businesses. And that's really, really important. So that's next week's episode. I can't wait to see you then. If in the meantime, you have any questions or you want to hang out or chat about an episode, come over to Instagram, follow us at entrepreneurial underscore outlaws, and we will see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community. And together, we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode, along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanynights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dirt on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, Outlaws.